March 25th, 2020 for the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and this is the podcast where we read through the entire one-year Bible together. And this year we're reading through the New Living Translations. Along the way, I will provide my commentary and things that stand out to me as I read the text, and I would ask that you share it as well. As a reminder, these podcasts are unedited, and I'm reading them the same time you are. So I really wanted to give this a devotional type feel, and with that said, we will jump back in where we left off yesterday, and that is in Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I'm about to teach you. This is God speaking. Obey them so that you may live, so you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to or subtract from these commands I am giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you. You saw for yourself what the Lord did to you at Bel Peor. There, the Lord your God destroyed everyone who had worshipped Baal, the God of Peor. But all of you who were faithful to the Lord of your God are still alive today, every one of you. Look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations, just as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely, and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim, How wise and prudent are the people of this great nation. For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us, wherever we can call on him? Let's pause there because that is really the beautiful part of our faith that I think we take for granted as as Christians, uh, as worshipers of Yahweh, uh, is that our God draws near and we are allowed to draw near to him. See, every other God uh, you didn't want to get close to, especially in these ancient times, because they were angry, they were mad, and and you just tried to please them so that they would send the rain or send the crops or send whatever it was you wanted, but you didn't really want a relationship with them. Yahweh is different. Yahweh says, there's nothing you can provide me, um, but I want relationship with you. Uh, And this is ultimately fulfilled in in Jesus who would come and make a way for us to be in relationship with this holy and mighty, wonderful God, even though we're sinners. Really interesting. That's that's the beautiful aspect of our faith that so many people miss. No, no, no. All of this is about God drawing near to his people. Verse 8. And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I'm giving you today? But watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourselves have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai, where he told me, Summon the people before me, and I will personally instruct them. Then they will learn to fear me as long as they live. They will teach their children to fear me also. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, while flames from the mountain shot into the sky. The mountain was shrouded in black clouds and deep darkness, and the Lord spoke to you from the heart of the fire. You heard the sound of his words, but didn't see his form. There was only a voice. He proclaimed his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to keep, and which he wrote on two stone tablets. It was at that time that the Lord commanded me to teach you his decrees and regulations, so you would obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. But be very careful. You did not see the Lord's form on the day he spoke to you from the heart of the fire at Mount Sinai, 
So do not corrupt yourselves by making an idol in any form, whether of a man or of a woman. Any animal on the ground, a bird in the sky, a small animal that scurries along the ground, or a fish in the deepest sea. And when you look up into the sky and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced into worshiping them. The Lord your God gave them to all the peoples of the earth. Remember that the Lord rescued you from the iron-smelting furnace of Egypt in order to make you his very own people, his special possession, which is what you are today. But the Lord was angry with me because of you. He vowed that I would not cross the Jordan River into the good land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. You will cross the Jordan to occupy the land, but I will not. Instead, I will die here on the east side of the river. So be careful not to break the covenant the Lord your God has made with you. Do not make idols of any shape or form. For the Lord your God has forbidden this. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. In the future, when you have children and grandchildren and have lived in the land a long time, do not corrupt yourselves by making idols of any kind. This is evil in the sight of the Lord your God and will arouse his anger. Today I call on heaven and earth as witnesses against you. If you break my covenant, you will quickly disappear from the land you are crossing, the Jordan, to occupy. You will live there only a short time, and then you will be utterly destroyed. For the Lord will scatter you among the nations, where only a few of you will survive. There, in a foreign land, you will worship idols made from wood and stone, gods that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there, you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. So beautiful there. Um, what, is, what is required from our God? And that is that we would search him. He's saying um, the people, they're going to go away. They're going to worship uh, idols made from wood and stone. Uh, but those are far different from our God. Remember, we said our God wants to draw near. He wants relationship with us. Those things... They're not personal at all. They don't hear, they don't eat, they don't smell. Uh, but God says there's, there's something in his people that uh, hungers for more. There's a, it's been said there's a, a God-sized hole in your, in your heart you're searching for. It. I don't know, that's kind of corny. I'm not really big on those corny things, but, but you kind of you get that. Like you, you're going to search for God. And if you search for God, if you're one, among those who search for him, then you will find him. Verse 30, in the distant future... When you are suffering all these things, you will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. Now search all of history from the time God created people on the earth until now and search from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything as great as this ever been seen or heard before? Has any nation ever heard the voice of God speaking from fire as you did and survived? Has any other God dared to take a nation for himself out of another nation by means of trials, miraculous signs, wonders, war, a strong hand, a powerful arm, and terrifying acts? Yet that is what the Lord your God did for you in Egypt, right before your eyes. He showed you these things so you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. He lets you hear his voice from heaven so he could instruct you. He lets you see his great fire here on earth so he could speak to you from it. Because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants and personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so he could bring you in and give you their land as your special possession as it is today. So remember this and keep it firmly in mind. 
The Lord is God, both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. If you obey all the decrees and commands I am giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Then Moses set apart three cities of refuge east of the Jordan River. Anyone who killed another person unintentionally without previous hostility could flee there to live in safety. These were the cities, Bezir on the wilderness plateau for the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth and Gilead for the tribe of Gad, Golan and Bashan for the tribe of Manasseh. This is the body of instruction that Moses presented to the Israelites. These are the laws, decrees, and regulations that Moses gave to the people of Israel when they left Egypt, and as they camped in the valley near Beth Peor, east of the Jordan River. This land was formerly occupied by the Amorites under King Sahai, who ruled from Heshbon. But Moses and the Israelites destroyed him and his people when they came up from Egypt. Israel took possession of his land and that of King Og of Bashan, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan. So Israel conquered the entire area of Aor at the edge of Aaron Gorge, all the way to Mount Sierran, also called Mount Hermon. And they conquered the eastern bank of the Jordan River as far south as the Dead Sea, below the slopes of Pisgan. And that concludes our Old Testament reading for the day. Moving on to the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 39 through chapter 7, verse 10. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, Friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. I love those verses there. Chapter uh, 6 Verses 43 through 45, as Jesus talks about bearing fruit. Uh, you know, Figs are not going to come from thorn bushes, and he says grapes are not going to come from bramble bushes. In other words, if you say you are a Christ follower, you say the Holy Spirit dwells in you, uh, what's going to come out of you is going to be the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to have peace, you're going to have joy, you're going to have love, you're going to have mercy, you're going to have kindness, you're going to have patience, you're going to have self-control. And in those areas in which you are seeing the opposite of those things and more, um, it's probably most of the more likely because those are areas of unbelief in your own heart. So, um, you know, they're areas where the gospel hasn't taken root in your life. Why? Because a tree is known by its fruit. I pray that I'd be known by my fruit. I don't just want to say that I'm a Christ follower. I want my fruit to show it. Blake is growing. He's not perfect, but he's growing. I see him becoming more patient and peaceful. He's making strides in purity. Like, I, I want people to say those things about me because it is fruit that ultimately will determine and show uh, what the source is. Anyways, continuing on in verse 46. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Ooh, that's good. A lot of us need to hear that today. There's a lot of people, especially where I minister, um, who, who think that they are Christ followers, 
and yet they don't actually follow Christ. They do what they want to do. Uh, they think he's a ticket out of hell because they raise their hand at some revival. And uh, if that's you, just honestly, listen, is this Jesus speaking to you? Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Hmm, that's conviction. Verse 47. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the flood sweeps down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For he loves the Jewish people, and he even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived to the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, come after, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to the house, they found the slave completely healed. Moving on to our proverb of the day, we'll be in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. Trust in your money and down you go, but the godly flourish like leaves in spring. And finally, we'll pray through Psalm 68, the 68th Psalm today. I'd encourage you to do this in your own time as well. Uh, in your own Bible or Bible app, uh, read through and pray through it. It says, For the choir director, a song, a psalm of David. Rise up, O God, scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Blow them away like smoke. Melt them like wax in a fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God. Yes, Lord, we do ask that you would um, bash the teeth of your enemies. Um, I don't believe those to be physical human enemies. I am not in a place to judge and say who those are, but I can say that there are clear systems and uh, spirits and ways of thinking that clearly are enemies of what you say is true and what you say is right, and I pray that you would destroy that. I pray that you destroy the spirit of fear. But right now in my own life, I feel overwhelmed. I feel inadequate. I feel ill-equipped, and I know those are all lies. Would you destroy those spirits within me and give me the confidence that I need in you? Because I know that in your son Jesus, who has come and lived the life that I couldn't live and died the death I deserve to die and rose again and promised me that I get to share in his rewards. And um, Lord, I just pray that I would uh, focus on that truth and realizing that you've been giving me, you have given me the power and the things I need, uh, Lord, that I would trust in those things instead of trusting in the lies that you would destroy those lies, destroy those enemies. Verse 4, sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Yes, I do rejoice, God, that I get to draw near to you, that I get to read your word and pray. And Lord, that people who are joining in with me on this prayer 
are joining in with me in the throne room of God. What an amazing privilege. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. And Lord, if I'm honest, I am the rebellious. And yet, Lord, I'm so grateful that because of what Jesus has done and what he's done alone, I get to be counted as those who are joyful. Counted as those who were once fatherless but now have a father. Lord, what joy I have as I get to say and sing those words. Verse 7. O God, when you led your people out from Egypt, when you marched through the dry wasteland, interlude. The earth trembled and the heavens poured down rain. Before you, the God of Sinai. Before God, the God of Israel. You sent abundant rain, O God, to refresh the weary land. There, your people finally settled. And with bountiful harvest, O God, you provided your needy people. The Lord gives the word and a great army brings the good news. Enemy kings and their armies flee, while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Even those who lived among the sheepfolds found treasures, dove in the wings of silver and feathers of gold. The Almighty scattered the enemy kings like a blowing snowstorm on Mount Zalman. The mountains of Bashan are majestic, with many peaks stretching high into the sky. Why do you look with envy, O rugged mountains, at Mount Zion, where God has chosen to live, where the Lord himself will live forever? Surrounded by unnumbered thousands of chariots, the Lord came from Mount Sinai into his sanctuary when you ascended to the heights and you led crowds of captives. You received gifts from the people and even those who rebelled against you. Now the Lord God will live among us there. Oh God, what a psalm that shows us how majestic and wonderful you are. So we look towards the mountains and we look towards your creation and yet we know we know the God who created those things that we think are amazing and majestic. And Lord, you invite us into your presence through trust in Jesus, through following him, through believing that what he did for us counted for us. And Lord, placing our trust in you and you alone. Oh God, what an amazing privilege we have today. It is in your name we pray. Amen. That concludes our reading for March 25th. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for March 26th in the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast.